Well, hello, folks, and welcome to another edition of Firmamental. I am your host, Raul. Hello to all my firmamentalists out there. We're going to be joining you today with a special episode. I got a, a good buddy of mine that we go back quite some time, and I wanted to bring him on the podcast to share some information with you folks. Um, it's going to be a deep dive on the food that we buy in our supermarkets and pharmaceutical industry and exposing some of the corruption, you know, with the, these large food companies, fast food, and you know, how they're making us sick through our food and how this goes hand in hand with the pharmaceutical companies. And, you know, they're not into cures, right? They're into prolonged treatment. And if you look at, at our world and you look at the the rate of juvenile diabetes and autism and all these different things, it's almost like uh, they're keeping us sick and uh, keeping us reliant on the pharmaceutical companies to intervene in our lives. And, you know, we got, of course, the 2020 scamdemic, as I would like to call it, you know, and the you know, them pushing the vaccines real hard. So I got a friend that's uh, been doing a lot of research into this stuff and he himself is trying to maintain a healthier lifestyle and he wants to share some of this stuff that he's uncovered. So I'll go ahead and introduce Devin, man. This is my buddy. Uh, we go back, man, probably almost 15 to 20 years. Uh, it's been, is, isn't that right, Devin? Yeah, it's been a long time, man. We, uh, it's been fun though. You know, we've had a good break from each other and, uh, you know, I, I think it's really interesting how life kind of sits you on divergent paths. And then, you know, we come back together and we just start talking about things. And, uh, you know, we both have lived our own lives for over 10 years now without really hanging out, talking much. And we end up kind of in the same in the same space where we're starting to see uh, the greater truth behind the world, behind, you know, who's really controlling things. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's great that, you know, the common thread is, is Jesus, right? Like the one thing that's kind of held us on the same path is Jesus. And so we both gone our own route and we're still coming around to un unveiling all this stuff that's happening in our culture and society and in the world. And, uh, you know, I think it's a time when there's a great darkness and there's also a great light. And, uh, you know, I, I look back at COVID, I look back at, uh, you know, the pandemic and, and I see it as a time when people chose, right? Like we made a cho choice, just like the matrix where you can either have the red pill or the blue pill. You could either listen to what sources were saying, or you could just buy into the narrative. And I feel like as you bought into the narrative, uh, your eyes got closed to everything else that was happening around you. And the people that I know that said, hey, no, I want the more information. I want to know more about what's going on on both sides of the coin. Uh, they began to see the light around them and really started to see the truth and what was happening and how we were being controlled. Yes, amen. And, and you're exactly correct, brother. And I'm so glad that we reconnected. You know, it's been fairly recent, but since we reconnected, you know, through an old friend of ours and uh, we've been maintaining contact with one another and we got to talking and and we saw that, you know, uh, of course, you know, uh, wisdom through God who, who gives us that wisdom when we pray for it, because I really believe that wisdom is one of the gifts of the spirit, right? The spirit of discernment and wisdom. And, you know, going through tumultuous times, you know, I definitely was speaking to God on a personal level with that direct line of prayer and asking him for discernment and wisdom during these times. 
And you're right, man. I think a lot of people, uh, you know, they, they choose to digest the mainstream narrative and it kind of, you know, they kind of shut themselves off to alternate information. Then you got others who just question things and, uh, pressed a little further and looked beyond the facade and, and found things out to be not exactly what they were presented to us to be. So, you know, like I mentioned, folks, uh, this is my friend Devin from from Orange County, Southern California. Why don't you go ahead and, and, and tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself, a little background about yourself, whatever you want to share, brother, whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah, you know, so I, um, yeah, first of all, I love that we're kind of mixing God in this because he was all part of the the process. And so, and, uh, you know, 2017, I went through a pretty horrific divorce and I really got to, I was involved in the church my family was in the church and I got to see how, uh, you know, power actually can even corrupt something like the church. And, uh, and so this, this divorce kind of unrattled me and it broke me down to just nothing. Really. I had nothing. It was me and me. I lost my kids. I lost my family. And the only thing left was Jesus. And that was the only truth that I knew for sure. And, uh, you know, I remember praying one night and he was like, just hold on, don't worry. And, um, you know, throughout the course of the next months that followed, he slowly started putting my life back together. At the time I was living in Colorado, um, I'd been there for about 13 years and raised my kids there, um, loved my life there. I really loved the state. Um, but when my life came undone, I could, all I could think about was, uh, you know, I moved out to Southern California when I was 17 and I just missed surfing. Right. And, uh, and I, I didn't even ask God for it. I just, you know, but I would often think, oh, if I could put my life back together again and be on the coast somewhere, I'd be surfing. I'd be living on the beach. Like I was sort of thinking, you know, if I reconstructed, this is what I would do. No plans, no desires, no strategies on how it would happen. But um, it was kind of like this vague dream in the back of my mind. And, uh, you know, one thing led to another. And then uh, the, the pandemic happened. And in the middle of the pandemic, my daughter started asking me about... Um, uh, California. Uh, and actually, let me go back a minute here. Um, after, after my, my divorce, I started working in the biotech industry. I started working with people in the marijuana industry and I started working with other plants. And that's really how this whole thing started is I was working with plants and, um, and I began to see how the Food and Drug Administration had started uh, interfering with the biotech industry, how they were actually uh, trying to stop plants or plant-based medicines from actually being approved for legitimate uses. And, uh, and that's kind of where the food thing started. I had diabetes at the time. Um, I, and so... Uh, as I saw this kind of unraveling, I decided I threw away all my medication um, and I began researching 
the pharmaceutical industry and really seeing how they were controlling not only the medications we were taking, but they were also controlling the food source through the Food and Drug Administration. And, uh, you know, and so that's where this kind of, where I began questioning uh, our food and how healthy it was for us. And at the time, I had just turned off uh, taking anything with sugar in it. And I found that it was almost impossible to buy anything in the United States without sugar in um, like even beef jerky, right? Like, why do we need sugar and beef jerky? But if you look, most of the packages of beef jerky have sugar in them. And so I'm trying to combat my diabetes. I'm removing sugar from my diet. And that's when I really began to see how much stuff was in our processed foods. Um, it didn't really go much further than that for a while, but, um, you know, and to loop back in now, my kids are following along this. I got my kids back and my daughter starts asking me about Southern California. And uh, it was enough for me to think like, this is weird. Is this God? And so I kind of, you know, threw out a fleece. I was just like, all right, Lord, if this is you, I need to see these things happen before I decide to uproot my family and move us. And, um, so he did like within three weeks, everything that I had asked the Lord to verify happened. And within a month, we were out here in Southern California, uh, connected with people that I had known from years back. And this is all in the middle of the pandemic. Like this is all in the middle of the world going crazy. And, uh, wow. Yeah. And so, wow. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you. So, so you decided to move out to California, right? Now you've reconnected with your kids, and uh, so did you. Uh, make, were you? Did you have custody at this time, or was that still an ongoing process? And then uh, you guys move out there, and uh, what's crazy to think about? You said this is all happening during the pandemic, and we know that California was one of the strictest states, you know, with the good old Gavin Grusom out there. So, how was that? You know what I mean? Because. Uh, I remember seeing videos on the TV, you know, and they would show places like New York Times Square. Then you'd see like one dude riding his bike, you know, and maybe a homeless dude leaning against a fence and a mail carrier walking around. It's just so eerie. I could just remember those uh, images being played on the TV. And, you know, they sh they go show uh, Venice Beach and there's nobody out there. I mean, when do you go to Venice Beach and you don't see anybody? So, like, what was it like transitioning during this time and, and, uh, you know, what was your experience firsthand? Yeah. So, I mean, that was, it was actually, you know, again, it was just grace, right? So we, we moved, we moved to this little tiny beach town and Colorado is in full lockdown. Uh, I had what was considered an essential job. So I was able to, to leave my house. Um, but, you know, for the most part, my kids were locked down. We were still following protocols. Uh, you know, I'm still kind of trying to figure it out. I'm, I'm kind of following along in the science. I'm looking at, you know, what herbal remedies, uh, could help protect my family from this stuff. And so we were on a plant-based protocol, uh, to help keep us from getting sick. Um, and so we moved from the state that's completely locked down 
to one that should be worse, right? But for some reason, we end up in this little town that is completely opposed to all the restrictions. And so in the middle of like one of the the most locked down states, our little beach town is actually saying, no, we don't buy this. Uh, I think a couple of weeks before we showed up, there was a mass burning um, event on the beach and everybody got together and burned their masks. Hey, burn them face diapers. I, I had to say that. I'm sorry. Man. I that <laughs> burn those face diapers, baby. Yeah. You know, and so we go from lockdown to this city where life is normal, right? Like everybody, I mean, people are still trying, they're respecting each other, which was another really cool thing is some people wore their masks everywhere and some people didn't, but you never saw people arguing or yelling at each other. So even though we have these divergent um, mindsets, the people still like got along and didn't create problems with each other. But as time progressed, I'm thinking to myself, what I'm hearing on the news, what I'm experiencing in life are two completely different things, right? So yeah, amen. I'm in a town, no one's following the protocols really. Uh, you know, I'm on the beach with like a thousand people. We're one of the only beaches that are actually opened. Um, and no one's getting sick. And so I, I have a neighbor who was, uh, a nurse in the ER at the time. And so I just flat out asked her, I was like, Hey, what's the deal? Like, is this really happening or what? And she was like, I have no idea why they're saying what they're saying on the news the hospital i work at is empty um and so wow that was kind of when the veil like fully lifted right wow so uh i i'd like to add something here you know because when you talk about that you know i think about people still living their lives as normal right like going to the beach and getting vitamin d i mean people that lock themselves up in the house i mean how unhealthy is that for your mental health and and we know that your mental health reflects in your physical health. They're in unison with one another, just like mind, body, and spirit. You know, and I think of people that weren't, you know, I remember going to the park to play with my kids and people are, my kids just want to go play with another little kid. And these people are rounding up their kids by the arm and yanking them into their van and, and skirting off just because we showed up at the park. And it's like, you know, it was insane to me. And I, I, I saw through it from the very beginning, you know. And, and me coming from the medical field and being a, at one time a frontline, uh, you know, I used to work EMS uh, and, you know, thank God, you know, God's always had a plan and he put me in a situation where I was working in a plasma center. And for those folks that don't know out there, plasma is used in all kinds of different medicines, obviously in trauma and all that stuff too, but it's also the basis of a lot of traditional vaccines. So when I was working at the plasma center, we were actually involved in some clinical trials of some drugs that were going to be released and we're going through the clinical phases and you have a group of people that are test subjects and you see the clinical phases that this drug goes through before it gets approved so as soon as they released this vaccine and they said you know operation warp speed and they just pushed it to the front of the line you know and and, and it's funny because i did the whole trump and biden thing and i was on the trump train at one time and i was like oh you know he's a good guy but now i reflect back and i'm like you know, I don't know if this guy's really playing for our team because this is the guy that was behind Operation Warp Speed and pushing the vaccine to the front of the line. 
you know, while the whole time he's talking about drinking bleach and, you know, I, there's this story coming about ivermectin and these alternate treatments. But then you go and you look at, at Google or you, you try to look up information about alternative treatments for, for COVID and it just keeps funneling you back to how great the vaccine is. But you know what you say about California and that community that you're living in, I think that's probably why, you know, those people are so healthy because it really is important. Like you got to go outside, you got to play, you got to, you know, we have immune systems for a reason, dude. If we just completely lived in a bubble, you know, your whole life. And then when you did get exposed to the smallest of germs, it would take you out. But we build our immune systems over time and by, by rubbing elbows with one another. That's how kids become healthy. You keep a kid in a bubble. He's not going to be a healthy child when he gets to an older age, you know, like, uh, what, what's your thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, when I, it's funny because when, when my kids were little, they would drop stuff on the floor and I'd be like, good, you're building your moon eatings. Eat it. Right. <laughs> like, you know, that's the thing, right? Our body's designed to protect us, not only to protect us, but our body is actually designed to really endure hardship, right? And so even just the nature of eating three meals a day can be um, counterproductive for our bodies, right? So like, uh, you know, every time we eat, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but it triggers an insulin response. And basically the insulin response tells our body to store fat, right? And so if, you know, we're eating three meals a day, um, we're constantly telling our body that it's time to conserve energy. It's time to store fat because historically food wasn't always available in convenience stores. And I've sort of digressed a little bit and gone off topic, but you know, that's, that's one huge thing, right? Is that like where everything is so convenient for us and we don't ever trigger our body into a preservation mode where we actually get some benefit of chemicals, hormones. There's a lot of things that happen in our body when we sort of kind of push it to the edge. Um, and, you know, you mentioned the sun. Uh, the sun is great for us, man. It's, uh, I was actually looking at a research paper. I don't have it in front of me, but I believe they were saying that the, the vitamins and nutrients that we get from sunlight actually um, help fight cancer not only in our skin, but inside of our body, right? Now, obviously you can overdo it and you can cause free radical damage, right? But um, really sunlight has much more benefit than not. And I would, I'd even venture to say that some of the chemicals that are found in sunblock is probably worse for us than actually being in the sun. Wow, that's funny that you say that because I just went to the zoo with one uh, with my son and we brought along one of my friends. He's like the most fair skinned guy, and he's like in a kind of like a hippie. And he was like, "Nah, man, here here I am all dark, and I'm spraying myself and my son with sunblock." And uh, <laughs> and my pale friend was like, "Nah, I'm good on that." <laughs> <laughs> I just had to I had to had to bring that up, but you know, you're right, and I hear you talk about you know. I think that we're conditioned to think that we need to eat these three meals a day. And what I've learned to do is just snack healthy. You know, I used to have bad eating habits. I've been, you know, the Lord's blessed me with having a great um, metabolism, you know, so I've never had to struggle with weight issues. But I remember there was a time that my recently my doctor, you don't think about this stuff when you're in your 20s and 30s. I'm in my 40s now, you know, she don't think about, uh, you know, but I got, I got diagnosed with prediabetes and it made me have to reevaluate like how I was eating. 
And, you know, just like you, when I was working on the ambulance and I was working in construction and these other jobs back in the days, it's so easy just to eat unhealthy. And I always thought that I have to eat this big old fat breakfast to carry me through and give me energy, you know, and then we go and pig out at lunch and have a meatball sandwich and a bag of chips. And then, you know, and then you're like, you get that, that afternoon, you know, sleepiness because you just ate a fat lunch. And then you're like, oh, I got to slam a monster energy drink now and I'll eat some Snickers to like, give me a sugar rush. And then every time you have these huge crashes and then when I think when you eat larger meals, it expands your stomach. So you feel hungrier quicker. And then you eat another big old fat meal for dinner. And then you don't do crap when you get home and you watch TV and you go to bed. And I started to evaluate like how I was living. And I started to realize like, hey, man, you know, like now in the morning, I have a, you know, some Greek yogurt and a banana. And when I'm at work, I don't take instead of taking candy bars and potato, potato chips, I'm taking a bag full of raw almonds and you know, a couple of mandarin oranges and, uh, you know, an apple, but we'll get into this stuff because even some of this stuff that we're buying at the grocery stores and what we think it is, you really got to watch where you're getting this produce from. But, you know, just learning, you know, I gave up the energy drinks. If I, if I want some caffeine, I drink coffee or tea, you know, and drink tons of water and, you know, and, and when you eat, eat a balanced meal, you know, uh, really balance things out. So, uh, Go ahead and uh, and take it from there because I know you got a lot to say about like eating habits and how you change yours and some of these things that you've uncovered with the with our food and drug administration. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just you know I, I obviously don't have enough time to go through everything, but when you talk about the grocery stores, it reminds us of it reminds me of that time with uh, that actually started this whole conversation with you is that I was making sauerkraut at home, right? And so, but the day before I decided to make homemade sauerkraut, I was, you know, uh, reflecting on gut health and uh, bacteria, healthy bacteria. And I was, you know, look at this article about sauerkraut and just kind of some of the health benefits of it and how it's helpful for gut bacteria. And without even thinking, I went to the store, I grabbed a jar of sauerkraut and I was like, all right, this will be kind of like a healthy snack. It also helped my gut biomes. And so, you know, I, I ate some of that sauerkraut and then the next day I was like, you know, I wonder what it would take to actually make sauerkraut. So I looked, I researched it and, uh, you know, sauerkraut is just cabbage and salt. That's it. Um, and it's, it's already fermented. So it's already preserved, you know, if you jar it. And so the process for making sauerkraut is, should be really simple. And it got me thinking about preservatives. And so I was like, I wonder how store-bought sauerkraut is made. And so I looked at the jar of sauerkraut I bought the night before and it had cabbage, salt, water, sodium benzenate, and sodium metabisulfite, right? And so I'm like, okay, we have two preservatives in there that aren't necessary. Cabbage is already, I mean, sauerkraut is already fermented cabbage. It already has salt in it. It probably just that process alone would preserve it long enough for us to eat it. And, uh, you know, I was talking to your your friend Alex right before the show, and we were talking about how our families used to can and preserve foods, right? And so typically that's what it is, right? We would ferment it or we would put it in vinegar or we put it in something and that would be enough to preserve it through the winter for us to eat, right? But now we have the sodium uh, benzenate and the sodium metabisulfite, 
right? And so I wanted to see, okay, what is this stuff? Is it harmful for us, right? And so sodium metabisulfite is a white powder, and it's actually listed on the hazardous substance list for the New Jersey government website. And uh, there's a lot of information here, but I just want to read just a little bit of practices uh, that they recommend if you're working with this substance, right? So it says, good work practices can help you reduce hazardous exposure. The following work practices recommended. Workers whose clothing have been contaminated should change and clean the clothes promptly. Do not take contaminated clothes home. Family members could be exposed. Contaminated work clothes should be laundered by individuals who have been informed of the hazardous exposure to sodium metabisulfite. Eye washing stations should be provided immediately in the work area for emergency use. If there is exposure to the skin, an emergency shower facility should be provided. Right? And so these are just some of the things that are in this substance that we're, they're putting in our food for um, for preservatives. And it's not only found in our food, it's found in our pharmaceuticals. It's a preservative in our pharmaceuticals. And it's just, it's an unnecessary ingredient that uh, is listed as a hazardous substance, right? And so the second thing I want to touch on is the, the sodium benzenate, right? And uh, this seems all right when you first look into it, but what you find out is that when this is mixed with citric acid or ascorbic acid, essentially vitamin C, the ingredients work together to form benzene. And benzene is a cancer-causing chemical associated with leukemia and other blood cancers. So here's a, here's a food that should be somewhat healthy for us that has toxic chemicals in it and chemicals that actually create cancer and somehow this is slipped through and the FDA decides this is okay for us to eat, right? Yeah, I mean, that's crazy, dude. Just like what you read about the hazmat precautions for this, for your, if you're exposed to this chemical or you work around this chemical and you're uh, exposed to it, you know, these all these precautions that they have, but here they are putting it inside of our food as a preservative. It, it almost doesn't seem real, but you, on, you know, we encounter things like this, like the more you start to dig into this stuff and you look at what they're doing with our food supply. Just think about, you know, even my kids compared to when I was a kid and even, you know, the generations before mine, they were probably eating healthier than even, even I was as a kid, you know, cause that's when they started to really introduce all these high sugar foods and, you know, Captain Crunch and, uh, you know, cereals with marshmallows in it and stuff like our, my grandparents didn't eat that. They ate a bowl of oatmeal or, you know, some wheat checks or whatever, you know, wheat, wheat brand, you know, and here we are like feeding our kids all this stuff. And you just look at the stuff that they're putting in our food and the preservatives that they're putting in our food. And then you find out, you know, I remember when I found out about GMO food, you know, I, 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 w I wasn't even hit to this stuff. And I think it was like back in 2010, 2011, I was living with a friend of mine at the time and, uh, our, you know, a bachelor pad, our, our fridge was disgusting. And we had like a vegetable crisper in our fridge and there was just a bunch of rotten stuff in it. And I'm throwing all this stuff out. And I found, uh, like a, a, a one of those plastic cases that had three fat to beef steak tomatoes in it. And I was looking at these tomatoes and they were perfectly, they just looked perfectly right. Like they just got picked off the vine. 
And I was telling her, I went to my friend and I was like, check this out. There's all this rotten food, but these tomatoes are still perfectly fine. Like, how is that? And he's like, oh, you don't know about GMOs, do you? I was still, I didn't know about any of this stuff. Then he goes on to tell me, he's like, oh yeah, well, let me show you this video. And he showed me that they were splicing tomatoes with cells from a fish, an, an Arctic fish. <laughs> so these tomatoes could stay preserved on the shelf for, you know, a very long time without ever rotting. I don't even know if they ever go bad. It's just the same thing. I've seen videos of like, they leave a hamburger from McDonald's out for like a week and they leave a regular hamburger patty out and look at what grows naturally on the, on the actual regular ground beef patty, you know, compared to what the, the McDonald's hamburger looks the same as the day you bought it. Like this isn't normal. Our food is meant to, to bio disintegrate at a natural rate. You know, we're doing things to preserve food or make it look prettier to the eye. You know, these companies know that if they can extend the shelf life of this food, that, you know, we're more likely to buy it because it looks pretty, but people need to go look at, at what they're putting in our food. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, the scary thing is the stuff that, that we don't know that's there and they don't have to put it on the label. Right. So I, you know, you mentioned hamburgers and, uh, you know, most round beef, uh, is, is preserved with something called pink slime. And yeah, gross. And it's uh, it's meat that's treated with a small amount of ammonium hydroxide, right? And so they re they they use a centrifuge and they separate out these oils and fats, add the ammonium hydroxide, and then they put it back together and they sell it to us as ground beef. And I don't think I've ever looked at a package of ground beef that says it has ammonium hydroxide in it. But you know, we're talking about the same thing that's. Uh, used in household cleaners, right? And, uh, you know, ammonium, ammonium hydroxide, it's a volatile solution of ammonia water that's found in Pledge, Easy Off, Resolve, right? A lot of the stuff that we use to clean our floors and stuff, that's what this thing is. And they're not even telling us it's in there. Yeah, I think that's why I've gotten into recently, like, uh, trying to shop as much as I can and from a locally sourced meats, you know, get it direct. Like if I can get it from my friend at his ranch, that's a better alternative than going to like, you know, I think there's lesser two evils. Like I would rather eat some meat from, from, from sprouts or whole foods than Walmart, man. I've seen videos where magnets are sticking to meat because they're putting, I don't know what it is that they're putting in there, but the, I guess it's some kind of preservative that has metallic, uh, metallic like substances in it. And I've seen videos where people are uh, the, grab a package of meat at the grocery store and they stick magnets to, to it. Have you seen that? Yeah, I've seen those videos. I I don't I haven't verified whether or not it was true. I should probably just get a a magnet and go walk around and see. I mean, it doesn't it wouldn't surprise me one bit because I I know for a fact they inject chicken with phosphates, right? And so you know how there's like that pool of slime that's at the bottom of your chicken. Um, that's a lot of that's created because of what they've actually injected into the meat. And so it's, uh, it's toxins, fats, and other liquids from the chicken that are seeping out because they've, they've injected all this stuff into the chicken. Right. And, uh, and that's another thing we don't hear about what's in the chicken, you know, what's, and then, you know, when we think about soy products, when we think about uh, natural products, right? Stuff that's uh, derived from plants we think is generally pretty healthy, but even 
even our plants have toxins in them from the ground chemicals they use, from the fertilizers, from the pesticides, right? And then, you know, we all think about like those healthy like hamburgers that are made from soy extracts. Well, the extraction process uses hexane and hexane is a neurotoxin and they can't get all of the hexane out of the product. So a lot of the vegetarian vegan stuff that we think might be good is actually formulated using an extraction process that actually puts neurotoxins in the food that they can't ever fully pull out. And this is one thing I learned during the uh, in my time working in biotech is we strictly used 100% pure food grade ethanol because we didn't want to use all these other harsher chemicals that we knew would poison people. Yeah, isn't that insane, man? I, I think about like the beyond meat it's a, like the beyond burger and the impossible burger and you know and it's funny one of the companies that makes that stuff is called morning star and you know i've gotten into, into that in previous podcasts and people that are hit to the occult you know kind of know like some of the you know the occult <laughs> names that can be associated with morning star of course in revelations it uh jesus does refer himself to the morning star at one point as well but the real morning star you know, but that the you know these occultists. You look at some of the, the 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 companies that are associated with these projects. You know, and these people like Justin Trudeau up in Canada would rather have us eating crickets and and telling us you know that uh you know they that that the world's cows is producing all this CO two and we need to cut back on our carbon emissions and and you know they're meanwhile they're feeding these cows like you were talking earlier too about uh. The difference between grass-fed beef and corn-fed beef it's just simple as that you know but everything's so expensive now it's hard to maintain a healthy diet because those foods that are better for you are the more expensive foods but i just look at all this stuff that they're putting in and it's like if it's not natural if, if it's a recopy or recreation of something that god naturally made himself i'm looking at his food that's making you sick and i think like you're you think like you're saying you know a lot of these people want to lead a vegan lifestyle which is completely fine. And I know a vegan lifestyle, you can you can find protein sources and maintain a vegan lifestyle and have good clean protein sources such as, you know, like like beans, for instance, legumes. You know, you can find to get your proteins to get in other places. But you gotta watch some of this like man-made concoctions that they're doing. It's better if you would just eat just natural, fresh fruits and vegetables. Watch where you're getting them from. And definitely if you're talking about like meat from like fast food, I I've really been trying i mean I, i'm i'm still guilty every now and then you know i will slip up and eat some fast food and i you know i'd like to cut that out even you know and we're guilty of feeding it to our children and i'm not coming down or judging anybody who does that but i just want to like people to be aware like what we're eating and what we're putting in our bodies is really what's making us sick and we wonder why we have such a high rate of cancer in our society why we have such a high rate of diabetes why we have uh you know early onset Alzheimer's and all this stuff when they're injecting all our foods with all these neurotoxins and, and unnatural chemicals. And like you said, even just buying fruits and vegetables from the store, man, you better go home and take those things and wash them real good. Don't just give your kid that apple right off the shelf and let them eat it, man. They're spraying our food with, uh, you know, you were talking with me about this. Let them know like what they're spraying some of your food with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I mentioned exanes, right? And yeah. There's a there's a preservative process where they uh, they take apples, pears, whatever, and they actually um, put it in like a fridge, right? 
and the fridge is uh they release a combination i can't remember all the petrol chemicals they are but it's hexane and then a couple other uh toxic chemicals that i mean you and i'd probably die if you hung out in there right but they seal it up for a period of time and then they let the the fruit soak in that atmosphere uh long enough to preserve it right and so that's its preservation process so it's chemically changed right you've actually altered uh the actual molecules of the apple or the pear whatever you put in there i mean think about it i don't know if you guys did it but when i was a kid i took a hard-boiled egg stuck it in vinegar for you know a week or whatever and then it turns into this rubber egg that you can bounce on the floor right and so the egg has been physically altered right and so they do the same thing with our fruits and vegetables but this time they're mixing toxic chemicals into the food products and uh, i don't i don't have the list of which products are actually being preserved this way but uh, i was just watching an article on it i was watching a video and it's it's insane to think that they're they're changing our food molecularly and then sending it to the grocery store just so that it can have a longer shelf life, you know? And I, I want to link back around to the grass-fed versus corn-fed thing real quick because I think it's important that um, we understand that we need to understand that the, the animals and plants that were in nature were designed to eat a specific diet, right? So if you think about a cow, traditionally over time cows ate grass cows didn't go find corn and eat corn or wheat that they ate grass um and so but we've started feeding cows corn and grains which is not part of their typical diet and what's happened is it's altered the fat content of the cow so a grass-fed cow is high in omega-3s a grain-fed cow is high in omega-6s, and the difference between the two for your body is astronomical, right? The omega-3s are the ones that are good and healthy for you. The omega-6s are the stuff that causes your arteries to clog up and are not good for you, right? And so even just by choosing what kind of cow you're eating, you can affect your health dramatically. Yes, and that's... Uh... That's a, a good point to be made because I think that people need to look at it from this way. Like, look, uh, I don't carry or maintain this perfect eating habits, but what I have tried to do is be aware of like what I am and how much I am eating of a certain thing. So I've cut way back on the fast food. You know, I've cut way back on the sweets every now and then I'll enjoy some ice cream or a blizzard or something as a treat, but that's once every in a blue moon, you know what I mean? Instead of, like I said, instead of picking out on candies and eating a big old bag of Skittles, you know, I will eat some, uh, you know, you can go to Sprouts and you can get naturally made gummy worms, you know, and eat a handful of those, you know, something to kill that craving or even just eat some some cherries, do something different, you know, in, instead of picking out on chips, eat, eat nuts, you know what I mean? Instead of, uh, instead of eating fast food, find alternate food sources that are around that same price instead of drinking energy drinks all the time, drink coffee and drink tea, you know, and drink tons of water, you know, try to balance it out. It's just maintaining these unhealthy eating habits, you know, eating fast food all the time and eating these meats, know where the meats are coming from. 
know where the vegetables are coming from. If it's coming in a can too, it's, it's lost the majority of its ingredients. Try to eat fresh vegetables, try to eat fresh foods, drink smoothies, you know, stay hydrated. You know, I think it's just all about balancing it out. But if you just, if we're just consuming all this garbage, man, I think this is really what's contributing to men becoming soft these days. You know, they're putting hormones in our food, which I think are, you know, who knows? Like, I'm a conspiracy theorist, dude, and I always will be. But I think about this stuff. I think that they're softening kids up. I think that they're making kids unhealthy on purpose. I think they're putting unnatural hormones in food that make girls look like boys and boys feel like girls, you know, like, and, and they've been caught, you know, and I think like, even you look at if you, you know, mass the industries that produce these, these warehouses that have produced, uh, produce mass amounts of meat, right? For the fast food companies or, or to put in Walmarts and all this stuff, you know, like you said, that, that food has to go through the FDA. All those cows have to take a certain number of injections so that, so you might not be taking those vaccines, but the food that you're eating is getting vaccinated, right? Yeah. What, 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 what are they putting in our food with these vaccines? You know, where if you get, and I don't know if you know some of these laws, but I've taught, I have friends that ranch in Northern New Mexico and, you know, they will still milk a cow and give their, give their neighbors some milk or they'll slaughter a pig or slaughter one of their, their cows or one of their animals. And they share, share the meat with their neighbors or they trade and barter goods with one another. Now, you know, uh, technically they're violating federal law because they're, they're, selling or or they're they're selling or giving out that this food that hasn't been injected by the fda and and you can literally get in trouble for it and it it goes so far as like even i've heard they're putting patents on well they tried to i know in the past put patents on certain seeds and they wanted to make vitamins and minerals like federally regulated drugs so we wouldn't have access to them like these are the things that we need to be aware of that these corrupt governments are getting into and then we got stickos like uh Bill Gates, you know, why are they so into like pushing this stuff on us? You know, it almost reminds me of like Soylent Green, <laughs> that old movie with Charlton Heston. If you guys haven't seen that movie, go back and watch that. And what's funny is I think it takes place in the year 2023. <laughs> and it was, it was made. Yeah, man, that's a good one, dude. Uh, basically, he plays this this man and he's uh it's in the future and they're giving out food rations to people because the, the world, the, the America and the world falls into a food crisis. So the government is giving out food rations and it's called Soylent Green and people, people just start going crazy for their Soylent Green, Soylent Green. And this guy's like, well, what's really in this stuff? And he's like a independent journalist, which we know really doesn't exist anymore to this day. And he goes to find out what they're, what's made up of Soylent Green. And he finds out that they're actually like, there's human remains in it. And he tries to blow the whistle and tell everybody and like it's the government agencies go after him it's a it's really weird but i think they show us things in movies and and media you know and and tv shows that that you know they show us these things that they're doing to us you know yeah they do i mean and so that that kind of i think this kind of breaks my thought up in two different ways because um you know there's a there's an article that i want to touch on uh, that it was, it was anonymous. It was an anonymous post that was received in 2002, uh, from a bank index online forum. So it's like a farming value. You know, you go online and you can type in your information and then it, it shows up as an email somewhere. Right. And so this, this letter shows up, it's been claimed to be a Masonic oath, right. Or not, but I think it kind of ties a lot of this together 
is that, you know, there's a lot of collusion. There's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that we don't know about, you know? And, you know, the other piece is the history of our medical industry is, uh, is kind of dark, right? Like, um, I don't know how many people know this, but, you know, Rockefeller is really responsible for founding our first medical institutions. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and so we know him as an oil tycoon, right? He had a monopoly on the America's oil industry. And by the turn of the 20th century, he already controlled 90% of all petroleum refineries in America, right? And at the same time, in the early 1900s, our scientific world was already starting to begin to manipulate petrochemicals into vitamins. And I think by... Uh, I want to say somewhere around 1930, 1940, uh, vitamin C was the first artificially, might not have been the first, but it was one of the first artificially created vitamins using petrochemicals, right? And so I think Rockefeller saw this and I think he was like, all right, how do we get control of this industry? I already have all the oil. I already, so how do I monopolize this industry, right? So he comes to America, or he's actually in America, sorry. And um, he, um, he hires a contractor. And the contractor uh, makes a report to Congress. And the report basically concludes that there are too many doctors and medical schools in America. And that uh, all their natural healing modalities that we'd been using previously were unscientific quackery. Right. And we still hear that today in America, right? If you tell a doctor that you're going to take a plant for something, half the time they're going to be like, oh, I don't know. That's all that weird stuff. I don't think it's going to do any job. Right. And so, but this is how he founded it. So previously we've been using plants to heal people. And then he comes in, generates a false storyline. Right. And he submits it to Congress, and he recommends that we standardize medical education, right? And so they basically put laws in effect that start funding, that say that we have to use these medical schools, right? And so they're funded through Rockefeller and Carnegie. Yep. So what are they going to teach people? They're going to teach them that using pharma-created medicines is the way to heal us. And basically removed all teachings of diet, all teachings of natural remedies from our medical programs. And so we still, we see it today. Like nobody, I mean, now we're starting to see an influx of people saying, all right, no, we believe in health. We believe in plants. Uh, you know, an ounce of prevention is more than a pound of cure, Right. But it's it's taken that long of a time for us to start coming back to this. Yeah, you know, uh, and what that makes me think of is just how much control they've exacerbated over like every institution. And they really have like you go back and look at our educational system. It really is controlled by these people. They control what goes in the what goes in the textbooks, which is being taught at these institutions. And literally, if you go against the narrative that, that you don't get a degree in the field that you're trying to get a degree in, you know, and I think of like the COVID narrative, you know, during the pandemic, that's exactly what they were doing. Like any 
medical professional that would step out and, and, and speak, not even necessarily just against the vaccine, but talk about other alternative uh, treatments for, for COVID, you know, ivermectin being the one that stands out the most, you know, and, and how they were using it in these third world countries to cure uh, uh, numerous amounts of diseases. And they wanted to say, oh, well, this is, this is a, a drug that's for horses and it's used in, in veterinary institutions and they want to normalize it. Like, no, there was actual proof that this, this drug was using and it can be extracted. Like, I don't know the, the process of it, but it was like a lot more natural substance than these mRNA vaccines. But anybody that would speak any alternative, you know, you would lose, you would lose your license. I mean, look how many people got, you know, you go to school for, for half your life and spend like every dime you have to get this degree and get this, you know, MD by your name or PhD by your name. These people, uh, you know, that's how they held them to, you know, the corruption, you know, is like, if you speak out against this, you have, you could, this is the, what we're going to do. This is what we're going to push. And this is the only thing you can't speak out it on your own. You, you, they threatened to take your li- license to practice, you know, and people, instead of stick to their, their gut and, and do what was right, they lived in such fear because I mean, I mean, I don't blame them. I mean, imagine like going to school for half your life and then you, you, uh, you know, you have this successful career and you're a doctor now and you know that what you're doing isn't right, but you just go along with the narrative because you're scared to lose your license and your livelihood and everything you've worked so hard for. And it really is corruption in its in its deepest state and it's disgusting. But, you know, I think of individuals that did speak out and did speak their mind. And I know I know medical doctors that I follow, you know, that moved to other countries and started up practices in other countries because over here, at least in the States, you know, they were ostracized from their communities for speaking their mind. And it's like, why can't we have these discussions? You know, and you're right. It really is like lobbying and all this stuff. Like, I think if we need, if we're ever going to have real change in America, and I don't know what it's like, and we got quite a few listeners from all over the world, but, you know, I know here in America, lobbying's a big deal, you know, and, uh, you know, you got, got politicians, they make like, a small salary, but these guys, you go look at their bank accounts and you go look at their, their tax records and they're making monies in the millions and they got homes all over the place and they're vacationing all the time. And, you know, I remember that time during the pandemic too, they were showing videos of the elites playing golf and, and having like champagne parties with one another. And here we are wearing face diapers, staying six feet apart and locking ourselves up at home. You know, it just didn't, it, things didn't line up, you know, but to get real change, we need to get rid of things like lobbying because that's how they that, that's how they're able like money corrupts so they get a politician in there they give up they put all their all these major corporations put all their funding behind this person that's p- part of what the one or two the only two parties that ever get limelight in the media they give millions of dollars to their campaign and of course they're going to win because they get all the all the airtime you know they get all the funding and then when they get into office now these uh these Fortune 500 companies have these politicians on a string, you know, and these politicians are making millions of dollars when they should only be making like, I don't know what a look it up, Alex, like what, what does like a state governor or state senator, what do they make? You know, like what was Nancy Pelosi's salary? You know, that woman's worth like hundreds of millions of dollars, man. It's all corruption, man. It's like, what do we do to fix these institutions at the highest level, man? Because the greed and wickedness has, has, has infiltrated like so deeply. It is. I mean, it's it's deep, um, and I mean that brings me back around to the you know the Rockefeller oath 
I'm going to call it the Rockefeller Oath just because that's how it was introduced to me. But, you know, as, as we're, we're digesting all this information and everything that we saw through the pandemic, you know, I, uh, I, I have over 100 friends or people that I know that took ivermectin, didn't take the shot. They got sick with COVID and they all recovered. Not one of them ended up dead or in the hospital, right? And so, but at the time, people, the whole news was like, oh, don't take ivermectin. It's a horse dewormer, right? Yeah. And why didn't we listen to the doctors that put everything on the line? Right? I mean, here's a guy that has spent his entire life building a career, and he's going to risk it all to give us a false narrative. That doesn't make any sense. Exactly, man. Uh, sometimes the, the the watchman on the top of the hill, he's yelling out for a reason. And and I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just saw, and I believe that Alex just flashed in the, our answer to us. So Nancy Pelosi's salary, I, I believe he said, was $228,000 a year. Okay, so this is a woman that's that her position, she makes $228,000 a year. But you guys, go look at her shady uh, dealings and how she just happens to know and play the stock market so perfectly and she knows every stock that's just going to shoot through the roof before it does and then she pulls out her investments just at the perfect time like dude that woman has made any if us would try to pull those things we'd end up like strung up on a string in a federal prison <laughs> yeah yeah and i think what did alex say he said she's her net worth is over a hundred million dollars is that what he just flashed? Yeah. See, so uh, here's a woman that's supposed to be making $228,000 a year, Speaker of the House, but yet in her bank account, she's she's worth over $100 million. Like, yeah, they're not, a, they're not a puppet on the string. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that it's it's just all part of the bigger, you know, you say you're a conspiracy theorist, I would fall in that same category. And it's, it's funny, anytime I hear that word, I think of Zoolander when he's like, I'm taking crazy pills. Um, you know, I think that's what the the general world has been trained to perceive anyone that questions authority as. But there is a, a bigger underlying conspiracy, and I'm going to get us right into this oath thing, because for me, I just found this a couple of weeks ago, and it really pulled all, everything just kind of made sense, right? all the little pieces, you got the World Economic Forum, you got our politicians doing this, but there's there's like an ultra elite that sits at the top. And I think it's interesting that this, that this article came from an anonymous post on the Bank Index Forum, right? And so if you don't mind, can I read this just for a minute? Oh, definitely, man. So um, I'm just going to jump right in. An illusion. It will be so large and so vast, it will escape their perception. Those who will see it will be thought of as insane. We'll create separate fronts to prevent them from seeing the connection between us. We'll behave as if there is, as if we were not connected to keep the illusion alive. Our goal will be accomplished one drop at a time, so as to never bring suspicion upon ourselves. This will also prevent them from seeing the changes as they occur. We will always stand above the relative field of their experiences, for we know the secret of the absolute. We will work together always and remain bound by blood and secrecy. Death will come to those who speak. We will keep their lifespan short and their minds weak while pretending to do the opposite. 
We will use our knowledge of science and technology in subtle ways so they will never see what is happening. We will use soft metals, aging accelerators, and sedatives in their food, water, and also in the air. They will be blanketed by poisons everywhere they turn. The soft metals will cause them to lose their minds. We will promise to find them a cure on many fronts, yet we will feed them more poison. The poisons will be absorbed through their skin, mouth, and to destroy their minds and reproductive systems. From all likes, their children will be born dead, and we will conceal this information. The poisons will be hidden in everything that surrounds them, in what they drink, eat, breathe, and wear. We must be ingenious in dispensing the poisons, for they can see far. We will teach them that the poisons are good with fun images and musical tones. Those that look up for help, we will enlist them to push our poisons. Oh, those that they look up to for help, we will enlist them to push our poisons. They will see our secret, they will see our products being used in film and grow accustomed to them and will never know their true effects. When given birth, we will inject poisons into the blood of their children and convince them it's for their health. We will start early on when their minds are young. We will target their children with what children love most, sweet things. Their teeth will decay and we will fill it with metals that kill their mind and steal their future. When their ability to learn has been affected, we will create medicine that will make them sick and cause other diseases for which we will create more medicine. We will render them docile and weak before us by our power. They will grow depressed, slow, and obese. And when they come to us for help, we will give them more poison. We will focus their attention towards money, material goods, so that they may never connect with their inner selves. We will distract them with fornication, external pleasure, and games, so that they may never be one with the oneness of it all. Their minds will belong to us, and they will do as we say. If they refuse, we shall find ways to implement mind-altering technology into their lives. We will use fear as our weapon. It goes on, but I think... Oh my gosh, dude. I'm so glad you read that, dude. That that gave me the chills. I mean, that is the game plan, dude. That's what, that's what I see, bro. And that just said it perfectly. And you know, I've never heard that. Thank you so much for bringing that to the Firmamental podcast, man. That was a, I've never, I've never heard that, dude. That is crazy, dude. That is what's going on to the T. Yeah. And so they, you know, that was posted in 2002, right? And I mean, it goes on and starts talking about government and how they're going to use the government and different objectives. But, you know, I think at that end piece that I just shared, we would use fear as our weapon. That yeah. pandemic, man, right there. Um, you got people in a heightened state of fear. You got them in a prolonged state of PTSD. That's essentially what they did to us, right? They they put everybody in this heightened state of fear long enough to trigger PTSD where you, people cannot make rational decisions. Yeah. You know, fear, I, I've mentioned this uh, on the podcast many a times, but you know, fear is anti-God. We're supposed to be relying on God and having faith in God and knowing that his design is perfect. Now is life perfect? You know, do we get sick? Do we get, you know, yes, we do. But I'm telling you, we're living in an environment where they're keeping us perpetually sick. 
So how do we balance this out? Like, how do we fight back? You need to be consciously aware of it. And we need to be holding people accountable. And, you know, I, I see how they really are doing this, you know? And I think about just like all this stuff. You know, I have a I have a cousin that I, I was thinking about while you were reading that too. I'm obviously not going to mention anybody's name or anything, but they they're still working currently in the in the medical field, and unfortunately, you know, they did have to do to stop. Was there a single parent, you know, raising kids? But I have uh, you know, people that I know that working currently in the medical it field, and they were even saying like resdemavir and and ventilation was a was a cocktail for death. Like, and and then what were the, what were they doing? They weren't allowing family members to be able to go to the hospital. So what, who was there? Who was there to watch over these people that were in, you know, uh, what, what do you call that when you're, when you can't speak or talk and, uh, you know, you're out. Yeah. And like intubated, but you know what I'm trying to think of, I'm throwing a brain fart here, but you know, uh, comatose kind of, you know, you're in a, in a comatose state of comatose, you know, and you can't speak for yourself, you know? Like, like these people were being uh, intubated and being given a chemical co- uh, concoction of resdemavir that was killing them, you know? And I think that's why it's so important, you know, that we, you know, we weren't allowed to go visit our loved ones and they were sick in the hospital. You know, your grandma, your grandpa, your uncle, your auntie, your mom, your dad, they were sick in the hospital and they tell you, you can't go see them, you know? Uh, and then uh, people were leaving the medical field in troves so that the, the medical staff was down, but supposedly hospitalizations were up and they're giving them these chemical cocktails with nobody there to advocate for them or watch over them, man. They literally wiped out whole like certain demographics of the population. Now, I think COVID, you know, the actual COVID itself, you know, maybe killed what a very small percentage, like what 0.005% of the population. But yet everybody was so scared that it was just like they acted like it was the black plague. You, you know, it wasn't, man. And it wasn't anything more than like your common cold. Like what happened to the flu that year? Like the PCR testing was flawed. They've already been caught with that. I mean, you have, uh, you know, the common cold, you know, in your system and they, they swipe a booger out of your nose and they send it for PCR testing, you know, or, or the regular seasonal flu is funny because remember when the COVID, when COVID first came out, remember the, the flu wasn't even a thing anymore. Well, nobody, everything was COVID. <laughs> yeah, if you were sick, if you had a temperature, and I just remember they kept everything kept getting more and more. Like it started out, oh, if you have a headache and you're tired and 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 you're coughing and you have shortness of breath, it's COVID. And then it went to like to like towards the end, it was anything. You have an upset stomach, you have diarrhea, you have this, you have COVID. Like like come on, people! Like you're really that freaking gullible. Like, I was like, this is bullcrap. They're just inflating their numbers just so they can, they can keep us in a state of fear. And that's all it is. It would be all perception, right? Like, that's the thing is that if you have a fifth grade math uh, education, you, you know how to uh, figure out percentages, right? And the thing is, is they never talk percentages. They always talk numbers, you know? And so when they're like 400,000 or sick, it sounds horrific, right? But- 400,000 out of 10 million people, it's, it's a smaller number than we think. And, um, you know, I, I did, I ran the numbers right in the, in the peak of the pandemic. And, uh, when everybody, I think it was an Omicron was happening and everybody I knew was sick. And I, I compared that to the, the flu of 2018. And I think that the the death was real rise, probably somewhere around 0.005% at the time. 
I think that number's changed now. I can't find those historical facts. But um, the flu in 2018 killed 6% of the people that had it. And that's a, you can go look it up. You can see it online. You can do the math and figure out, you know, what the percentage is. And right now, I think combined, you know, out of all the age groups, they're saying COVID is, it's probably around 1%. And that's based on their numbers. It's not based on, you know, actual numbers. I don't think, I mean, I know someone that got in a car crash and they put on his death certificate that it was uh, COVID. Yeah, I heard of that. I heard, a, I saw a whistleblower uh, uh, that said that they were told to put it on their death certificate that they had died from COVID, but it was actually blunt force head trauma from an accident that they were in, but be, because they tested positive for COVID and they were positive at the time of their death. It's like, no, COVID didn't kill that person. They might have tested positive for it, but it was the blunt force head trauma that killed them. And it, it really was corruption. And I think that's why these hospitals weren't allowing people to go in because these institutions were getting financial uh, financial kickbacks for listing people as COVID deaths. Remember that? They were getting incentivized to have people die from COVID. Like, you don't see the corruption in that? I mean, it's just disgusting. Like, I don't understand how people just remain with their blinders on. Like, I don't mean to insult anybody's intelligence, but come on, folks. Like, like pull your freaking head out of your keister and look around, man. Uh, turn the idiot box off and think for yourself like I'm I'm getting really fired up here but I think about it like let us not be fools and fall for this again because they're going to try this again oh there's there's already talk of them planning it again in another couple years man I mean it's and I think you know there's a really deep point to this is that you know all the stuff that they're putting on the media is controlled narratives man you have to look outside of mainstream media to get the answers. Um, you know, and I, I wasn't fully on board with the conspiracy theory stuff until I watched Google. I'm an IT guy. My background's technology. I've been doing it for over 25 years. And I was researching something in the middle of COVID. And I watched Google's algorithm change in 24 hours to a completely different narrative and storyline. To where I couldn't even find the information I had seen the previous day. It was gone. It was off the internet. It was missing. And right then and there, I was like, this thing is big. It's huge. And we need to understand, I think, as as a people, we might have our differences. Some might be liberal. Some might be conservative. But in the long and short of it, I think it's really us versus them. I think there's a really micro group of elites that are trying to control everything. They're controlling the narrative. They're controlling the storyline. They have all the money. And I mean, the Bible says a house divided amongst itself can't stand. And so the number one thing they do is they divide us and they come up with crazy, you know, things and, you know, and they just pit us against each other all the time. And as long as we're buying into that, oh, the guys that don't want to vaccinate themselves are killing us. Or the guys that are vaccinating themselves are killing us. And as long as we stay separated, they're winning because we're too distracted to realize that there's something deeper going on. And and I think that's where we really wake up, right? When we wake up and say, you know what, maybe some of this stuff is true. Even I think that's where it starts for a lot of people is just say, hey, what if some of this is true? And then do your own research, look into it because as you as you start to peel off the layers of the onion 
it gets deep, it gets dark. And then you start to realize that, you know, I got to take care of my own health. I got to take care of my kids' health. You know, I got to make sure that my mind is sharp because I don't want to be controlled. I mean, America was Amen. Uh, by a group of people that wanted to be protected from this type of tyranny, right? And what we've done is we passively allowed this tyranny to control us. And as long as we stay distracted, they're going to win. You know, uh, it's so true, you know, and I think about I'm victim uh, of falling to some of this trickery myself, you know, and like I said, I, I played the whole thing in the 2020, you know, the whole, you know, right versus left, you know, I identify as a conservative and and obviously it's just so in your face. And like I look at them as the lesser two evils. I'm sorry, folks, that's just my personal opinion, you know, but being a believer in God, I just couldn't get down with some of the extreme, you know, uh, narratives that that the other side was pushing. But, you know, I kind of did, you know, I played that game and you know what, I'm not falling for it again. I just really, not re really now that I've really got deep into my research and I start, and, and, and you're completely right. The term conspiracy theorist, I just want to trash that. I like, I like truth seekers more. You know, we might not always, uh, have all the truth, but we're, 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 we're constantly digging and looking for it, you know? And if we don't find the answer in one source, we'll go to another. And we look at what both sides say to be a truth seeker. You can't only listen to one side. You got to listen to both sides and then weigh it out for yourself and what makes more sense and look at the actual physical data and get into the historical. And when you see things that, that where there's, where there's smoke, well, maybe there's a fire going on, you know, and that's how we uncover these things, you know, but I just think about it. They're, they're pitting people against each other. They're pitting us against one another. And, and the whole resurfacing of this, of, of you know, these racial issues, it's just another way to keep us divided. It's just turning the tables another direction. It's to keep people perpetually at odds with one another. And I can already see it, you know, like I'm not looking forward to this next election cycle, man. But at the same time, I'm not putting my faith in a man. I'm putting my faith in God alone. I'm putting my faith in Christ alone because, you know, I'm not going to get pulled into this. Like, will I cast a vote? Yeah, I probably will. Will it mean anything? I don't really know if it will or not. And I'm going to do it just because like I would like to hope and think that, you know, God can raise somebody up and place them here. But I think that this has all been prophesied. I think we're going through this. I don't think it's all doom and gloom, though. I do believe that we are the frontline battlers, like, and and this is why the the reason why we do podcasts like this, and we bring guys on like you to read stuff like that, is just to try to rattle people's cages and maybe wake them up and let them know, like, hey, you have the key. You you can let yourself out of that mind box that you're trapped in of fear. You just gotta you gotta you gotta have faith and step out, you know. And as we start to step outside of our comfort zones and we start to realize we're not all that different and that all these narratives and all this stuff that they're pushing in the media is just them dumping all this stuff on us so we stay at odds with one another. Like, let's stop buying into their narratives. Let's stop buying into their lies and start thinking for yourself and just having an impact with day by day with the people you encounter and stop worrying about all this stuff that we can't control and just take actions and start on a local level and let it grow from there. It'll grow organically. But let us not fall into this same loop of the same thing. And I'm already calling it. And then I'll give you the back, the floor back to you. But I feel like saying this on my podcast, man, I have a feeling that something's going to happen when the 2024 election cycle is going to come up and it's going to be some kind of mass casualty event. And, you know, maybe it's exacerbated over some uh, certain demographic of the of the population. And I can totally see it happening to maybe the LGBTQ community 
And then they're going to spin this narrative that it's some psychopath, you know, uh, Christian conservative that did this and like, you know, and then it's going to cause all this uproar and then there's going to be riots and there's going to be this and there's going to be that. Like, it's like, if there's not chaos, they'll find a way to create it. You know what I mean? That's, I just don't trust what goes on. And, and when these events like this happen, folks, it'll just be like, oh, that's the story and that's it. Uh, look, look, they're telling us on the TV that he or she or they or them did this. You know, that's got to be the way it went down. No, folks, dude, look at it deeper, man. We They lied to us about many of things in the past. They lied to us about many, many situations that have happened in this country. And then we reflect back 10 years later, 20 years later, and we start to do research. And you have brilliant people that go and investigate this stuff. And they uncover stuff where, dude, they basically have a smoking gun. And people still want to hold on to like what they, what the government told us, you know, same thing with 9-11. You know, I think a, a lot of people are hit to 9-11 being an inside job. Most people are, and it's not taboo to bring up 9-11. You know, a lot of people uh, can get with you on that. But when you talk about some of this other stuff, they're like, ah, no way. There's no way. And it's like, come on, man, like don't fall for this stuff. Yeah. Amen. You know, I, uh, yeah, as you were saying that, I was just thinking about like the, you know, our school shootings and just the fact that, you know, you mentioned the shooting. We were talking the other day about the shooting in Las Vegas and how, you know, these kids come up with, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars of, you know, military arsenals, right, in their in their bedrooms, but, you know, they can't afford to put gas in their car, right? Like it, it's... You know, when if you just kind of scratch a little bit, you can see that there's there's other people controlling what's happening. You know, these kids. You know, some people think they were mind washed. I don't know. I think that you could probably pretty easily pay off a kid a lot of money, and he would do something really stupid like that. Um, you know, but I it's I do think that you know some of the things like the the mass shootings are organized and. Um, you know, and I, I think just to bring it back around to like a health standpoint is we need to have healthy minds to process this stuff. And, yeah. You know, and that that thing that I read, I think the part that stuck out to me the most is putting, you know, poisonous metals in our mouth. And, you know, we all know that um, mercury is right. The Mad Hatter disease, right? Mercury was what yeah. caused hatters to go crazy and, you know, way back when. And, you know, why why on earth would we, we still be making mercury algamum fillings, right? But people are still doing it, right? And so slowly over time, it degrades us. And so we that's why I think it's important that we're aware of what we're putting into our body, how it's affecting our body. And then unfortunately, like our health, our health industry is is part of the storyline. And so we need to go outside of the storyline. I found the most helpful information by just kind of browsing through YouTube channels and then doing my own research on top of it. Because in order to make good sound decisions, we need one, wisdom from the Holy Spirit, which is pretty easy to get. We just ask for it, right? And, and we get it. And then two, we need to make sure that we're thinking clearly and that our body is operating at its peak. Yeah, you know, and and 
the one thing that's sad is I think YouTube used to be such a great forum, but you know, even then I, I think some of this stuff, it's not, uh, being actively banned, but I know certain subjects, you know, one of the things we like to talk about on this show is flatter. They're definitely controlling the flow of that information. They're definitely controlling the flow of the COVID narrative. You know, there's some of these other things you can still find good videos on, but you know, if you're trying to Google a lot of this stuff that Devin and I are talking about, you're not going to find anything. It's going to shoot you to their top sources for whatever. And it's going to be all the information from their side. Like, so you got to learn to go use other internet browsing sources like Yandex or Brave, and you can still find some information from both sides, you know? And, uh, I just look at this, like, you know, even like rumble and some of these other alternate, you know, forums that, that stream videos, you know, the information is out there, read books, you know, um, order books, listen to other people, you know, um, uh, listen to what both sides have to say and just don't buy the mainstream narrative hook, line and sinker. It's just, you have to, you have to, uh, look at these things from other, other places, man. If you're just watching CNN or Fox, like, I'm sorry, you're, uh, you're pretty indoctrinated. Yeah. I'm just, I'm really glad you touched on the search engine aspect of this because, you know, they have algorithms that, that do all this stuff and predict your search results. And, uh, and it is all entirely controlled. I don't, you know, if it's anything that could be slightly controversial, I just don't use Google. Uh, I'll use Yandex. I'll use DuckDuckGo. And sometimes if I'm, if I'm getting deep, I'll actually and, uh, go on to a VPN and I'll send my internet to uh, look like it's coming in from Switzerland or another country. Um, it's, that's almost exclusively what I had to do during uh, COVID to find any real information is I had to not be in the United States. Uh, and, uh, rumble is another great source. One thing I really like about rumble is if you get on a good, like train of thought, a lot of people will put their, um, their source documents there. So you can actually verify what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I like to, I want even the podcast that I listen to, the ones that I like to listen to, you know, these, these people will back stuff up with, with links to articles to other forums, to other websites, to uh, documentaries, to books that you can order. And, you know, I suggest when you when you hear uh, these conversations and this kind of stuff going on, uh, you know, go look at the resources that people are citing and, and, and look at what those resources have to say. Yeah, and maybe, I don't know if we can put links in your, in your posts or anything, but maybe we could, you know, put some information on you know, maybe some people don't know how to use a VPN or even what that is and how they would make their internet look like it's from Sweden or Switzerland, right? But um, are we able to do that? Yeah, for sure, man. We got Alex right along with us, you know. Um, he's always here on the Firmamental podcast, you know, my brother. And, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're going into business with one another and he's been taking down all this information as we talk, you know, and... Uh, this is definitely stuff that's going to go in the show notes, you know? So that's, what's awesome about having him along for the ride is while we talk, he's typing all this stuff that we're, we're citing into the show notes. And then we just uh, go and copy and paste it in underneath the show description. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. That's great. I'm, I'm glad. Cause I think it's important that, you know, we don't only talk about it, but we also give people an opportunity to find it for themselves and, do their own digging. Um, I think 
I, I retain a lot more and I remember a lot more detail when I've actually spent the time to uncover it. Yeah, man, uh, definitely. Don't ever just uh, listen to what somebody has to say. I'd always say, don't, you can't take any, I mean, it's sad. I mean, we have, once you find a source to be reliable, you know, and, and you've done your homework and you've been following them for a while and you know that they give good information, it's okay. But if you're just listening to something for the first time, you don't know who they are and they're spilling some narrative, it's best to go and, and look into what they're saying and verify it. Like you, that's just a, a sad reality in the world that we live in is you can't just take information for face value. You got to always go and cite your sources. Yeah. I mean, I even tell my kids that I say, you know, I say, even if I tell you something, challenge it, think about it, use critical thinking, you know, do your own research and then come up with your own opinion. Uh, and I think that's important that you look at both sides, you look at all the information and then you make an informed decision. Yeah. And, and I think that's another thing that's wrong with our world, you know, is that people think that we all have to think the same and it, people think if you don't think like I think, then you're wrong and, and we can't get along. Like, no, what happened to the days and age when like people could sit down and have a discussion and have two different points of view and listen to what each other has to say without ripping each other's throats out. I mean, that's just the lie from the enemy to make us think that, you know, you're either blue or you're red. You, you know, you're either right or you're left. You're, you're either, you're either pro-vaccine or you're an anti-vaxxer. You're this, you're that. They want to, they want to label everybody and put you in these very specific demographics and it's all black and white, you know? And I'm not saying that racially. I just mean like, they're like, you're either team A or team B, you know? And no, man, there's a lot of gray area in life. And it's okay for us to like not have the same thoughts or feelings about every issue. I got respect for everybody, you know, but at the same time, you need to have respect for what, what, what I have to say as well. If we're going to sit at the table and listen to one another, you know, and I'm more than willing to do that with anybody, you know, but it's funny. It's like people want free speech, but it's, it's like they, they're so down with the mainstream narrative. I'm like, do you really love free speech? Because they're actively censoring the other side, you know? Like they're actively going after them and censoring. Like, why do you got to go and censor flat earth information? Like, why are you funneling people to these false rabbit holes of like the flat earth society that they believe in these stupid floating pancake bull crap? Like, that's not what we believe in, you know? And yeah. it's like, it's funny. And I know, and I, and I know without getting into the flat earth stuff, me and you have had these discussions and I know I'll let you speak for yourself, but I know you told me before, like, Hey man, I'm not sold on one side or the other side. I'm just kind of like looking at it objectively, but it's funny. It, that's what it, it's like, why can't you have this discussion? It's like, if you don't like what somebody's saying, then change the channel, but you want, you want, you want free speech, but then you're down with like fact checking and actively like censoring people. Like to me, I don't care if you go on rants about whatever, you know, I might not be down with the LGBTQ movement, but I'm not censoring them. I think they should be able to say whatever they feel or whatever they want to say now. Now, when we retort or we have something to say back to them, like, I'm all fine with that. I'm not their judge. I'm not their maker. They want to do that. They want to lead that lifestyle. That's perfectly fine. I know people who are gay and lesbian. And I don't have a problem with them at all. Some of them are my friends and in my family. But when they're pushing the stuff on the kids, I will draw the line. But you know what? I'm going to go and censor, you know, like, I want to be able to say what I, I have to say. I'm, you know, we shouldn't be censoring what they have to say. If you don't like what somebody's saying, then change the channel. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah. I really like that. You know, I, I love that you brought up because you and I do have differences and opinions about 
some things, but we can still sit down and talk about it without getting mad at each other and without calling each other names, right? Like you have your views on certain things that I don't agree with and then vice versa, right? And it, it doesn't, it, there, it does no good for us to start getting mad at each other over a different opinion about something, right? Because it's, you know, we each live in our own sphere of reality. And I mean, that's the truth, right? Our reality is just an accumulation of knowledge and life experience, right? And then what we decide to take in as truth and what we decide to reject as falsehood. And, uh, but I can still love you. I can still love someone that doesn't agree with me on something. And I think that's like really what we're all called to at a higher level is, you know, finding a way to love someone despite your differences, you know, finding a way to love someone who you don't agree with, right? And reaching out. I think that's where we begin to heal as a people across the globe, right? Not just in the United States or Canada or wherever you're from, just across the globe where we began to realize that we're all on this thing. We're all trying to do our best and we just need to love each other, right? And, uh, you know, I mean, I guess we're not all trying to do our best because clearly there's there's <laughs> an agenda in there. But, you know, yeah. to the, to the yeah. part, you know, as people, as citizens of the world, you know, uh, love's powerful, man. And when we find a way to look past a difference and choose to care for somebody that maybe we don't agree with, uh, it's powerful. It is, you know, and I hear you say all around the globe, and I just got to throw it out there for the firmamentalists out there. We might be thinking all over this level playing, just saying. No, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, my friend, you know, and I know exactly what you mean. And I, I, I'm right there with you, bro. Love conquers all. You know, I encounter people all the time at work or in my personal life and they don't hold. So, I mean, I, I, I got to admit, man. I'm a pretty like extreme person. I've always been this way my whole life. Like when I get into something, I, I, I go balls to the wall. You know, I guess they would say, you know, and it's not for everybody, but my walk's not your walk. My, your walk's not my walk, but you know what? We love one another and we've been able to put our, uh, our differences aside and we, and we find things that we can relate on. And that's the thing, dude, like if these people would just sit at a table, well, what's funny, and this is the oldest saying, but it's so true is like you could take a guy that is the most hardcore trump loving uh you know red-blooded american like with the with the 1776 sticker on the back of his ford f-150 with a let's go brandon sticker and then you could take the you know the 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 most hardcore liberal that thinks gavin newsom gavin newsom is doing a great job and they have a they have the equality sticker on the back of their tesla and you could take their kids that are two years old and take the parents out of the room and just leave the two year two year olds together in a room and they would just be playing with each other. You know what I mean? They would just be like sharing toys and like swap and spit with one another like two year olds do. They would have no clue. You know, it's just we get corrupted as we get older. You know, and even those people, even though they're they're they 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 in their heads they've got it so ingrained in them, like, that's my enemy. Oh no, that's my enemy. If they sat down, they and actually had an organic conversation and just left the politics out of it, they would find that they have a lot in common. And that we all want the same thing, dude. We all want to be able to live our lives in peace, the pursuit of happiness, and and have real freedoms, freedom to choose. Freedom to choose. What we eat, what we ingest in our body, not be told you have to do this or you have to do that. That's that's where society's gone sick. Uh, I agree totally. 
you know, and I, you know, you're talking about the differences between the the adults, but that you know, the the common thing that they would probably have bar from any type of mental illness would be they both want something better for their children, right? Yep. They both want their children to be happy and healthy and not be sick, right? And so we have these areas in our life that we can come in to agreement about, right? Yeah. Oh, dude, completely, you know? And when I think about my passion for this and my passion for doing this podcast, that's where, that's really what is behind it all. You know, just the passion to get people to open up their minds and question some of this stuff, because it really is about the future generations and what we're leaving behind to them, you know? And And if I could do a little bit of good in this world and reach a few people and they don't necessarily have to like, you know, conform to all my ways of thinking, like people, you can disagree with me out there. That doesn't mean you have to stop listening to my podcast. Cause I said one thing that you disagree with, you know, like, uh, I'm sure there we, if we sat here and sipped it through everything, all of us will disagree about something, but you know, we can find level grounds that we all, we, we do agree with things upon, but that's what makes us individuals. That's the same thing with like culture and life and, uh, people from different countries and different walks of life. And, you know, Every, every culture has something in that culture that is beautiful and that should be highlighted and people should be proud of wherever they're from, you know, African culture, African music, you know, it's beautiful, you know, African, the African people are beautiful. The, the Asian people are beautiful. Latino people are beautiful. You know, the people from the Middle East are beautiful. European culture is beautiful. We should be embracing one another's differences and engaging and sharing our cultures with one another instead of quarreling over like, no, it has to be this way. No, it has to be this way. Like, let's just appreciate each other for our uniqueness. Yeah, I agree, man. And I think, you know, I, I don't know why this popped in my mind, but, you know, when I when I think about enemies, I think one of the most powerful things I, I have ever done was pray for someone that I'm having a really hard time understanding, agreeing with, you know, and I'll just, recently I had a work situation with about three or four people that was, it was eating my lunch, man. And I'm telling you for two months, I was mad. I was cussing at them every day at my house. I, you know, anytime I was not around them and they were just being a real pain in my work life. Like they caused me weeks and weeks and weeks of extra work. I mean, it, it was horrible. And, and then the Holy Spirit was like, why didn't you try praying for him? And the second I started praying for him, within two days, they approached me and we came to a peaceful resolution, right? And so the, the thing is, scripture has power in it. And the things that Jesus says are true. And when we actually put the hard stuff into practical application, it works and it changes the world around us. Oh man, that's putting faith in action, you know? And I think that's, people underestimate the power of prayer for sure. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate what you're doing here. I think that it's important that we we seek the truth and we try to find uh, find out what, you know, is there a hidden agenda? Isn't there a hidden agenda? What's, what's really going on? Because... Um, you know, we need more people speaking out about what's going on in this world. And so I just applaud you, Raul, for what you're doing, man. And uh, this is a really good thing. Hey, well, dude, 
uh, us firmamentalists are just glad to have you on the show. I think, you know, we, we had a great conversation and it was just like two buddies talking, but at the same time, you know, we are uh, passionate about the things that we speak about and, uh, folks, we just want you guys to, to think for yourselves. Don't let the man think for you. Um, Devin, man, this has been a great time. Uh, we're so happy to have you. I'm going to leave you with the final words of my brother. Just any message, anybody you want to shoot out. I don't know if you want or if you're comfortable with it. If not, that's fine too. Uh, we could put an email that people that they had questions or want to reach out to you or were touched by you. Uh, if you're comfortable with that, we could put that in the show descriptions. But uh, I just want to leave you with this, these last few minutes. You can shout out, uh, you know, whoever you want to shout out and uh, leave the folks with a final message. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you fully, man. This is about seeking the truth and coming up with your own, you know, uh, version of what's really going on. And I think that'll change over time. You know, I know throughout my life, I've had many paradigm shifts and, uh, you know, this is just the most recent um, and just how I perceive reality and what's going on. And I just, I really thank God for it. I thank God for so much in my life. You know me really well, Raul, you know where I've been, what I've come through and, uh, you know, and my kids, man, I thank God and my kids because without them, uh, I don't think I would have made it this far. You know, it's important to hold on to the ones you love and care about and cherish every moment that you have it. I think, you know, every everything in life has its beauty and it's important to stop and take the time and uh, and see what's beautiful around you and just, you know, thank God for it. Thank God for your family that you guys get to hold each other every day because you don't know what the next day holds for you. And, uh, you know, it. You know, I'm just, I'm glad that you invited me up to the show. Um, yeah, I guess that's it, man. If you want to give out my email, that's, I'd love for you to put my email on there. Um, I got a little bit of science stuff if somebody wants it. Um, but, uh, you know, and as far as the food stuff, I just recommend people just read the labels, man. Um you know, it's, it's crazy. You can do a little bit of research and just see how much stuff is in our food and, uh, and just, you know, try to make some healthy choices and, uh, just bless you, man. And, uh, bless your people. That's all I got for you. Hey man, thank you. And, uh, and I'll just end it on, on this, you know, like Devin saying, read the food labels, try to be conscious of what you're eating. Like I said, instead of eating a bag of potato chips, eat some raw nuts, Instead of drinking an energy drink, drink a cup of green tea. You know, start with small things like that that are easy to do. Don't overwhelm yourself, but read. And one thing that I will warn folks out there that we didn't even touch on is is these food dyes, these food coloring. It's in all of our kids' food, man. Don't be feeding your kids that crap, please. You know, and uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us here on Fermental Devin. It's been one heck of a time. You know, we could have you back. Uh, down the road if you come up with some other things that you want to talk about because I think you were a tremendous guest and you truly are one of my best friends so thank you once again thank you to Claude and Alex and all my buddies out here in the truth community and I'm just going to say peace out to all my firmamentalists out there remember protect your dome we'll see you next time how do we find ourselves here within and chains as a teardrop lands 
Till skies turn blue